Lift Up with Todd Bianco features the Bring a Trailer Picks of the Week on iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I'm here with John McFallon. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. Uh, I just wanted to mention that you know the new edition, the new season of Top Gear is is on right now on BBC America, but they've already got that one in the can. But they're busy filming season 29. This is the British version, and they're doing it when they. What they usually do is at, they they film these segments and then they show them to the audience. But it's always a very packed crowd, and they're like in a, in the center, like in a circle, and are all around the hosts. They're not going to do that anymore. They've gone to a sort of an abandoned uh, drive-in now. And so everybody that goes to see them comes with their own car and parks like they're, you know, like a fan uh, at a drive-in theater. Nice. So that's a, I think that's a nice idea. And, you know, they've got the thing covered so that the hosts don't have to get rained on. But it does does tend to rain in, 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 the, in Britain a little more than it does here in the United States, you know, in Southern California. Yeah, here in Southern California. I mean, it's very similar to... Uh, Portland, Seattle, I, you know, places up there yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's up higher in, in they're the They're similar. Uh, I think they're at the same latitude as Paris, actually. So, uh, mm-hmm. And that is about the same latitude as Seattle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let, let's talk about the the BAT picks that we had this week, had last week, and how they did on auction. Uh, some of them haven't sold yet, but let's go over them. Uh, I picked a two a 1972 BMW 2002 Touring, which is never sold in the United States, but uh, it's like a little hatchback. It's the the forerunner of a wagon. It has still got a couple of days left, so it has not sold. I also picked a 1963 Aston Martin DB5 that had been completely restored. This is the James Bond classic car. Uh, it did sell for seven hundred and forty-five thousand dollars. What? So seven hundred and forty-five thousand. Well, we knew it was going to be a lot of money, but yeah. it was going to be a lot, and that's a good. That's that's a that's a nice. You know, that's this is one. If this car had been actually used in a Bond flick, it would have been more. Oh yeah. But I mean, it's, but it's still it's you know it's a restored. It's it was beautiful. It was beautifully shot, and it, it sold for seven hundred and forty-five thousand uh, dollars. I also picked a nineteen ninety-three BMW. I mean, uh, Mercedes-Benz one ninety E two point six, which is was the same thing that I had for my first Mercedes. Uh, it only it had very low mileage, like fourteen thousand miles. It sold for twenty-one thousand, and everybody on Bring a Trailer kept saying. Oh my God! I can't believe it went for so little. They would have bid, you know. They kept saying, "If I'd known that, I would have bid on it." They thought it was going to go into the mid thirties, um, but it sold because it was a no. It was a no reserve auction, so that was a big. That was a bargain. And I also picked a barge, a nineteen seventy nine Lincoln Continental Collector Series with twenty seven thousand <laughs> miles on it, and it was you know it had like a two tone black and brown leather interior, and it was just huge. Yeah, that thing sold I, I for eighty nine hundred dollars. I wish that I had uh, actually grabbed the photo of that so that we could share that today too. But I didn't. But going forward, we're going to have all those uh, all those pictures. Right. I, it's it, but it's a it, it's it's quite the barge. Uh, it, but it sold for only eighty nine hundred dollars. It had one family that owned it, uh, and it had very very low mileage on it. So it, it's one of those cars you have to like be in love with. You know, Malaysia area barges. You know, and, and it was one of those. And, you know, it'll find its way into somebody's, you know, some collector's uh, carport. I don't think it fits in garages. A little no, too big for that. Yeah. It, you, you Honestly, you need to probably go to your nearest uh, yacht club and find a mooring <laughs> spot for it. 
Exactly. Now, you picked a the 1968 modified Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser wagon. Now, this did have the uh, wood applique on the lower half of it. It was quite I, – I quite liked the car. It was really very nice. There's still a couple of more days to go on it. The bidding's over 17000 right now. I think that, – isn't, uh, so, that so, is, isn't that about twice where it was when we uh, were talking about it a week ago? I think it was it around 8000 It's come then. up, and I think it's going to go higher. Yeah, I have a picture of it right now on the screen on our Facebook live feed, so uh, uh-huh. folks can check that out with its beautiful um, kind of dark avocado metallic green, and then that uh, that wood paneling that I so much detested from the 1970s. But I it know, looks but nice it, it on looks this right, car. Doesn't it look right on this car? Yeah. It looks right on this car. They did a good job of it. And the beautiful white roof, yeah. which is, you know, I think that that's terrific as well. I think that looks, it just gives it a great look to it. Uh, so next week, we'll talk about how much that's sold for. Uh, you picked a 1959 Austin Healey 100-6 BN6 Roadster 5-speed, and that sold for 35000 At the end, it kept getting bid. It, it was it started out like at like 18000 19000 and it kept going up. And up and up and and again, I bring a trailer. When you bid, if you know, if you wait to the last second to bid, it doesn't matter because it resets the clock at two minutes. So it gives everybody a chance to bid that wants to bid, and uh, it went for thirty-five thousand, and everybody was clapping about that because they thought it was a great car, and uh, they were worried it was going to like you know be only for like twenty thousand, and it you know went for thirty-five thousand. Yeah. So it, it's it you know it was really quite nice. Now um, this week, John. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you defend a couple of these. Now, look, I'm gonna make you start with the the you you picked a is it uh, a 1910 brush model D runabout? Uh, yeah. I okay. I guess I have to explain myself for that. Is that the deal? Um, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to put it up on the screen. <laughs> well, let me read, let me read it. Let me read uh, to, to, to people what, what it says. Cause I don't know what a brush D runabout is, but it kind of looks like a model, what model a or model T or something. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a, uh, Purchased by the in, it was uh, purchased by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Foundation in 1961 out of Indianapolis, Indiana. It was then displayed at the Tony Holman's Early Wheels Museum in Terre Haute, Indiana, from the 1960s until the museum's closure in the 1980s. The car was subsequently incorporated into the IMS Museum collection and spent the past decade in their climate-controlled storage facility. I guess they didn't want to show it. Power comes from a four-stroke single-cylinder engine, <laughs> and additional features include a friction-drive transmission, wood wooden bodywork, yellow exterior pinstriping, a tan soft top, and black upholstery. In preparation for the sale, the IMS Museum staff returned the car to running condition, I guess it wasn't, and buffed the paint. This brush runabout is now offered by the Indianapolis Speedway uh, Foundation with Clean Indiana title, uh, and it lists the car as a 1908 model, even though it says 1910 here in the description. Okay, so... This could not have gone very fast, right? Right. It's, it says the Brush Motor Company was founded in 1907 by Allenson Partridge Brush. That's quite a name, isn't it? Allenson Partridge Brush. People were crazy previously- back in those days with their naming. 
Yeah, who had previously worked at Oldsmobile and helped develop the single-cylinder engine used in early Cadillac models. Uh, the car maker changed his name to the Brush Runabout Company in 1909, the same year the Model D, like in dog, was launched. Built as the everyman's car, the Model D featured a woody body and chassis and was uh, offered in several body styles, uh, starting with a price of $485 for the runabout, which is what this is. Kind of looks like it could be uh, a distant cousin to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang to me. Yeah, but Chitty Chitty's a lot bigger than that. Thing. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, the, the, the museum believes that this example was restored at some point prior to their acquisition. Its red paint is contrasted by yellow pinstriping. We talked about that. There's some yeah. cracks. Uh, it's very interesting. Now, you picked this. Why, John? I just thought it was a cool thing. It's Again, <laughs> some of the cars that I pick on your show, I'm not a, I'm not a huge car guy, but you know I can appreciate different uh, makes and models and, and uh, uniquenesses. And yeah. I just think this would be a fun place to have it to drive around, like in a parade, or you know, maybe you love out for a little, cars, don't you? out you for a little Sunday. I know, right? My fire trucks and <laughs> and my yeah. military <laughs> military vehicles, vehicles yeah. and all that. You know, it to me, it's kind of like this is an eye catcher. Nobody is going to go down the road, even the neighborhood streets, without catching the eye of everybody when this thing goes by because nobody else has got one. Mm, bidding is already up to seven thousand dollars, which I, I guess is good. I, I uh, you know, I, it's a little rich for my taste for something like that. But if I had money to throw around uh, and I had a garage, I'd definitely go for it. It's up on screen right now at uh, at our Facebook Live uh, deal. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, you can do that. We'll be showing all of today's picks. Right. Now, now let's go to something that I absolutely love, which is the 1957 Studebaker Silverhawk Coupe which was reportedly uh, purchased new in Southern California and received a cosmetic refresh uh, of refurbishment in 2015. It was sold out of Idaho on Bring a Trailer in 2017 and it was acquired by the selling dealer in a November 2018 Bring a Trailer auction at which it was time it was used as, an, as a museum installation, finished in white and red over a red and white interior. I love those interiors. The car is powered by a 289 a cubic inch V8 uh, mated to a three-speed automatic transmission. Uh, equipment includes uh, steel wheels with covers and white wall tires, chrome rim and bumpers, um, see, chrome trim and bumpers, machine turn dashboard trim, an electric fuel pump, an electric radiator fan, and an aftermarket CD head unit. Uh, the selling dealer has replaced the shocks and serviced the brakes and carburetor and repacked and repacked the wheel bearings and changed the engine oil. The Silverhawk is offered in Massachusetts with a clean California title. Okay. Now, I love the interior because it's basically lipstick red and white. And so the, the, it has the red uh, vinyl inserts down the middle and white on the outside with red piping, which always is, is a sharp look. Yeah, I'm showing that right now on the screen, too. And yeah, uh, it, it's that is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love these cars. These really see for me, these Studebakers had style. They really were, you know, they really were cool. I mean, the fins were great. I mean, this was of the era kind of thing. But you know, it has a great name. It's called the Silver Hawk. I mean, you know, that's. I think that's just cool. Yeah. Um, cars don't have cool names like that anymore. I mean, we have to now put up with the, you know, Cadillac is naming its cars again, but it's now being called L, the you know, the Cadillac Lyric, you know, with a Q. 
whatever. Um, so you know, these are naming is just it hasn't doesn't have the fun that it used to have. It doesn't have the the originality that they used to have. Yeah, I don't think they're so, nearly as creative when they come up with these names. You know, like. Uh, I don't know, the Tucson and the Phoenix and the Santa Barbara. How about Barbara the Sorrento? And, what is a Sorrento? I don't I mean, know. I mean, it's the name of an SUV that Kia makes, but where did they, you know, someone made up the name Sorrento. There is a classic, <laughs> beautiful, uh, very expensive hotel in Seattle called the Sorrento on uh, Lower First Hill. And uh, that's the only okay. other place I've ever heard that name before was the hotel up there. Okay, well, that seems to me, I thought it was just a made-up name, and maybe they did find it somewhere with some sort of historical reference. Uh, but it just, it, you know, the, but the, the Studebaker with the, you know, even with the, the, the trunk painted out in red, with, you know, with the white around it, I think looks good, and the dual antennas. I'm not sure it made any difference in the radio reception those days, but the dual antennas is awfully cool, uh, you know, flanked by the dual exhaust and the big chrome bumper and, the, and these gigantic fins on the back with chrome you know, you know, insets. When I was a kid, a teenager, I hated cars that had like those fins and you know like the 57 chevys and that kind of whole design but you know as an older guy i've come to appreciate the distinctiveness of of some of these old cars yeah it grows on you i think yeah uh when when we come back we have more burn a trailer picks from todd and john this is todd bianco with john mcmullen you're listening to all wrapped up on ihub radio we'll be right back Bring a trailer picks now on iHub Radio's All Revved Up with Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. Now, you have one more pick, which I particularly like because I love the colors. I love the look of this car. It's a 1959 Austin Healey Bug Eye Sprite. Now, bug eye because the headlamps look like bug eyes. Yep. And I love the colors there, the the, uh, the blue with the orange stripe, sort of the Gulf and Western uh, racing theme, and it's terrific. Do you not just see yourself riding up the Pacific Coast Highway in this thing? Absolutely. Or winding up to Idlewild in it. Yep. Yep. I think it's just It's, it's a really cute ter- car. Yeah. So this it says that this 1959 Austin Healey Bug Eye Sprite was acquired and modified by the owner uh, circa 2005 as a street legal track car. Power is provided by, let's see, uh, power is provided by a, a rebuilt 948 cc, not even one liter, huh? Inline four, mated to a four-speed manual transmission, and the body wears a blue and and blue and orange livery. I love the way they say livery. Okay, uh, modifications include the installation of high compression pistons, a high lo- a, a high lift camshaft, an exhaust header, front disc brakes. 
and which is good because those were big brakes back then were probably not very good and a 13 inch wire wheels uh, a low windscreen <laughs> very low and racing bucket seats along with the conversion uh, to right hand drive so I guess it was originally left hand drive uh, the bug eye sprite is now offered at no reserve by the seller on behalf of his father with records from current ownership and a set of convertible top bows and a clean and Utah title in the owner's name. So uh, that's quite something, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, again, you know, you're you're scrolling through the, the the things that we have to to look at this week, and all of a sudden you come across a little babe like this, and you're like, wow, that again, something that's really going to stand out, and something that looks like it'd be a lot of fun to drive. It, it is. I think I, I love the wire wheels with the knockoff uh, hubs. I just think it's absolutely terrific. Uh, and, you know, the, these are things that this is something that you only drive on the weekends or special occasions. It's yeah. not something that you would do as a daily driver, no. but it's an awful lot of fun uh, to drive. I'm sure it is. It's just got to be it's got to be great. It says the conversion to right hand drive reportedly was accomplished during current ownership by unbolting the pedal box from the left side and swapping it with a bolt in panel on the right. <laughs> the steering box was sourced from a Morris Minor and it was also a direct bolt in and new brake linings were installed. You know, if, if only converting cars from left-hand to right-hand drive were that simple today, they're not. <laughs> I got to tell you, um, actually, I've been, you know, to Europe many times and and uh, I've been to the UK once. I have never once driven over there, though, and I have no idea. I'm almost scared to drive in a car where you're on the right-hand side as a driver, uh, because it just seems to me like everything would be almost upside down. Uh, have you done that? I, I did it in Sydney, Australia, actually. Yeah. And it's a little creepy, but the thing that you don't realize until you get into the car is that all of the lights, all of the signs are meant for you to be seen from that side of the car. So it's not like here where, you're, you know, if you're driving in, in, a, in like, say, in California and you're in a, you know, left-hand driving car, every all, all the lights, all the signs, everything is meant for the driver to be seen. Once you, if you drive a right-hand drive car in, in the same sort of situation like here in, in California, the, everything seems out of place. Because, you know, you're not, you know, the sight lines aren't right. You know, the, the stoplights are on the wrong side of the street. I'm a, you know, a left turn isn't a right turn. A right turn isn't a left. I mean, it's just it's very strange. I'm on, uh, honestly, I am afraid that I would turn and start heading down the wrong lane of traffic. You know, something like that. I don't know. I, I, th- I, I think, think you it have can to go be scary. I mean, I was, I was driving. I fortunately had an Aussie with me who was make, making sure that I got it right. Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, a left turn is just, it's just, you know, left turn for us is different than a left turn for them because it's just like doing a right turn. It's, it's all very, you know, it's backwards. But you, you get used to it. I mean, I would think that if you, if you were actually living there, giving it, you know, give it a, you know, a couple of months, you would get, you know, you would get used to it. The only thing that I think might be more difficult for for me is that I'm not as coordinated if I was driving a stick shift because I would have to be shifting with my left hand. Now, that would be weird. I guess you're, I don't know. I mean, there's kind of that that hand-eye-foot coordination because you're also right. using the clutch and all that too. 
Right, right. So uh, but the pedals are the same. I mean, the, 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 the pedals aren't reversed. The pedals are the same. It's just that, you know, because your feet are the same, your, your right foot still is the gas pedal and your left foot is still the brake or, or maybe, you know, the same foot for the brake and that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it, the feet, the feet is the same, but the, but the shifting would not be the same. So it's a little off. Yeah. Um, well, the whole hand-eye you know, foot for, coordination, for, even though it's in the yeah. same place. I, I don't I don't trust myself. Hello, Uber, Lyft, <laughs> taxi. <laughs> well, <laughs> they have those too, and I and Uber wants to go all electric. By the way, they have, they have a new initiative for that. They're going to pay you extra as a driver, a hundred a dollar fifty extra per wow. per trip. Yes, and they're going to they they dedicated eight hundred million dollars to going electric and helping people go electric. That's interesting. Shouldn't, That's new. Shouldn't it be the that other way around? The week. people the people who've got to pay for gas should get more. <laughs> Well, Uber wants to be carbon neutral or carbon, or right. you know, they they want to do that as part of their corporate goals. So, and and they want to help you buy the electric car as well. Yeah. So I mean, well, nice. you know, yes and no. Yeah. I guess it's called Uber Green. You push a button, you get a, you know, a green car, either a hybrid or an electric. I'm not quite sure. I haven't done it. But they'll help Something you like buy that. the. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with John McCollin. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. I'm excited about our live, live Facebook feed so that people can see the cars that we're talking about. I it's think that's kind of really fun cool. to be able to show them. Especially yeah, cars like idea. the next one you're going to talk about. Okay, this is one of my picks. I, I had to pick it just because it was almost too perfect for words. It's a 1957 Mercedes-Benz S300SL Gullwing. Now, of course, these are classic cars. Everybody knows what they look like. Everybody's seen them. Um, but what I haven't seen is I haven't seen, well, this is, I have never, this is about as flawless as they get. This is as good as it got from the factory, you know, you know rolling off the factory floor. The chrome is perfect. The badges are perfect. The paint is perfect. The interior, there's not a crack anywhere. The, the Bakelite steering wheel is perfect. Everything is just, you know, precision on this car. Uh, they And, you know, they've got a whole book that they published just to show you the restoration of this car. Um and I mean, someone spent a fortune. I don't know what it was, but someone spent an absolute fortune uh, restoring this car, and it will go for some, you know, lots of money. This is a premium listing on uh, Bringer Trailer, which gives it uh, better pictures and uh, a more prominent placing on the website. Uh, and let me just read a little bit about what it says here. It says this 1957 Mercedes 300. SL is one of 1,400 Gullwing Coupes built during a three-year production run, and it was shipped from the factory on February 22nd, uh, 1957. Uh, let's see. The car, the chassis number, was delivered on March 7th, 1957 in Belgium, uh, where it remained with its first owner until 1981, which is quite a long time. It spent 22 years in the U.K., with its second owner before being acquired by the previous owners in 2003 and imported to Vancouver three years later. A body-off restoration was subsequently carried out between 2014 and 2016 by 
Thornley Kellum in the UK. So they didn't just buy it in Victoria, British Columbia. They decided to send it to the UK for restoration. Uh, work, so somebody had money. Work included a color change to the current blue-gray and a rebuild of the numbers-matching three-liter inline six-cylinder engine. Uh, the number-matching four-speed transmission also remains fitted along with the original uh, rear differential. Uh, additional features include Bosch fuel injection, uh, blue uh, blue plaid you know blue upholstery, plaid seat inserts. God, I love plaid seats, uh, and uh, Becker Mexico rec, uh, radio. Uh, following completion of its restoration, the car uh, participated in the 1916 Salon Privé Concours d'Elegance uh, à la Benheim Palace, which was uh, driven in and and was driven in the events Tour d'Elegance uh, through. The Cotswolds? Cotswolds? I don't know. Um, after the selling dealer's acquisition in 2020, uh, Coachworks Restoration in Victoria carried out an inspection service and correction of various cosmetic details. The European market W198 is now offered by the selling dealer with a copy of its factory build sheet, a set of three uh, belly pans, uh, an owner's manual and toolkit, and book chronicle, chronicling the restoration and British Columbia registration. It's just a beauty. It's going to go for a lot of money. It's already uh, at $800,000. So, wow. I mean, you know, I, I just had to pick it just because it's such an yeah, unusual you, you, thing you to look see at in that this car, let, Here, let me put it up one more time again for our uh, yeah. viewers. Um, it's really an extraordinarily fine uh, work of art. And I don't it know is. anybody who wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't love to have that uh, little buggy for their uh, for their ride. Right. It's going to go in somebody's collection and somebody's going to spend a lot of money on it, which is very nice. Yeah. All right. Now, the next car is not uh, is not the Mercedes. Now, I picked this as just because I've always liked these cars and I'm sad that Honda no longer makes them. This is a 200, a, a 200, a 2001 Honda Prelude Type SH five speed. And it's just it's it's very, very nice. Uh, it has only ninety two thousand miles on it. Uh, it's available in Newport Beach, California. It has uh, this, you know, basically this is everything direct from the factory. This? Nothing's changed. Which year? Absolutely was? nothing. What year? 91? Two, it's a 2001. Oh, 2001. Okay. 2001 Honda Prelude Type SH 5 Speed. It's a beautiful car. Uh, it was a yeah, it's beautiful. I think it's very, very nice. It was originally, uh, is uh, no reserve. So it was originally delivered to Hansel Honda of Petaluma, California, and has remained registered in California since new. Finished in blue over black, the car now shows 92,000 miles and is powered by a two-liter inline four paired to a five-speed manual transmission. Features include a sunroof, a uh, rear spoiler, a CD, uh, stereo, air conditioning, and more. The timing belt, tensioner, water pump, and VTEC solenoid gaskets were replaced in 2019. This prelude is being offered on dealership consignment with factory literature and the original window sticker, service records, a Carfax report, and a clean California title. This is, like I said, nothing's been modified. This is exactly how it uh, came off uh, the assembly line and exactly how it was delivered to the original owner. And it is very, very nice condition for 92,000 miles. I got to say it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite nice. The original uh, window sticker is with it. And it says that 
The car cost $26,540 with zero options. All of the things that it says are on it were just standard to that car. And that's kind of how Honda used to make them. You know, they just had trim levels uh, and that was it. And you didn't really put options on this. So this car had everything you needed. You just bought it from the sticker price and that was it. So uh, I think it's just very nice. I had to just give it a nod. And I, you know, I, this is, be a, this is a fun daily driver. This is something that you could drive daily and be very happy with it for years and years to come. And Indeed. it got 22 miles per gallon in the city and 27 on the highway. Not, not bad. bad. It's not too yeah, far not off bad. of a lot of today's cars. Exactly. Uh, although class. a lot of today's cars are heavier, but yeah, the, yeah. This, this is a, and this will be a fun little car to have. So I, I, I just had to put it out there. Now, another one that I chose was just because I had to talk about it. Uh, it was, uh, it's a project car, but so it's a 1978 Porsche 928 five speed project. Okay. I guess project means that it's not quite complete, that the owner wants to just dump it because they're tired of spending money on it. But it's in actually fairly nice condition. So, and I, the reason I picked it was because of the interior. Let me just read a little bit about what it says. It says this 1978 Porsche 928 shows serial number 0021, which is, I guess, like number 21, and was acquired in Louisiana by the selling dealer as a non-running project in February of 2020. Work performed since the time include, includes rebuilding the transmission, rebuilding the rear axles, uh, reconditioning the fuel uh, level sender, uh, so the sending unit, that means that the fuel gauge works, that's nice, and replacing the timing belt, one of the fuel pumps, uh, fuel lines, air conditioning components, and more as described below. The car is finished in red over tan and brown Pasha. Now, Pasha is what I'm talking about here. The Pasha interior of this car, if you could show up, if there's a way to show a picture of that, they've got to see this particular car. It has a 4.5 liter V8 paired with a five-speed manual transaxle. Additional equipment includes a sunroof, a 16-inch uh, phone dial wheels. i got to love that, phone dial wheels, rotary phone dial wheels, and an Alpine stereo. Uh, several issues with the paintwork and interior functionality are noted below, uh, now showing 74,000 miles. This car, this first-year 928, is offered at no reserve with a factory spare bulb kit. Jack lug wrench, lug wrench as well as a clean California title. It's in Irvine, California. Now, if you can look at the Pasha interior, uh, I don't know if you were able to put that on the on the, on the screen, John. Because I'm working on the it Pasha, right now. The, the interior, an interior photo of this car is why you buy this car, uh, and it's because it's so wild and so out there that you've never seen another interior like this. Uh, it's basically psychedelic '70s, uh, and it was yeah, it's only on done the screen for now a few years. Uh, that that's the engine. No, no, no. It's it's coming. It's you're a little bit behind uh, okay. because we're a few okay. minutes or a few yeah. seconds behind there. Okay. Yeah. The, the the the. I just love this Pasha interior. And again, whenever I see a 928 with a Pasha interior, I sit there and drool over this thing. There it is. Uh, yeah, I see it now. Uh, just because it's it's kind of you've never seen anything like that, have you? That was from the factory. Wow. It's kind of a, it, it has a sort of a, uh, eye illusion, you know, bend mind bending look to it. Doesn't it? I, you know, I don't generally like a brown interior, but those seats are pretty far out. 
Yeah, they're they're, cool. they're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just don't see something like this anymore. So th- that that's why I picked this particular car. I just I just had to love those seats. Uh, so okay, let's see. And I have I think one more pick this week. You do. What else? I do. Oh, this, this one's one, very uh, cool. A, um, yeah, I would have picked this, this if a, you hadn't. Uh, where is it? I know I have it here somewhere. Uh, it's a 1972 uh, Studebaker Avante. Uh, and it's a resto mod. So that means that somebody basically uh, made it a custom car. They took out the engine. They, uh, they uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, modernized it. They uh, gave it all sorts of cool features this thing has a let's see what it says here let me just bring it up i had closed it by accident um okay so it's customized avanti 2 uh it was sold new in february 1973 in indiana and was purchased in 2006 by its previous owner who subsequently commissioned a comprehensive mechanical and cosmetic customization taking inspiration from a proposed uh performance variant by the by the avanti called the stinger uh, hot rod designer Eric uh, Brockmeyer was tasked with rendering uh, design for the project in 2009 before the build commenced. I mean, they have pictures of I mean, you know, the guy where he did the renderings and everything. It's pretty cool. Nicknamed the Avanti X, the car is powered uh, by a 383 cubic inch General Motors Performance V8. Uh, equipped with an Edelbrock uh, performance intake manifold and Holly Street Avenger carburetor. Uh, modified bodywork is finished in metallic yellow, and it is metallic yellow. Yes, with matte, it is. <laughs> with matte black side accents, uh, and the interior is trimmed in custom black leather. Additional equipment includes a Tremec 5-speed manual transmission, power-assisted disc, disc brakes, lowered suspension, 17-inch American racing wheels, uh, a Lacara steering wheel, and more as outlined below. Acquired by the selling dealer from the previous owner's estate in June 2020, this custom Avante 2 is now offered in Massachusetts um, with previous sales with period sales documents, including uh, renderings from Eric Brockmeyer, the designer, uh, build plans and invoices, and a clean Ohio title. I, I've just got to say, it, the, the, the name of this color is Saturn Bronze Fire Mist over butterscotch leather with brown suede insets and shag carpeting. That's how it began life. And then it became this. Now, I got, I wish I'd seen the original Saturn bronze fire mist over butterscotch leather and brown suede seat inserts and shag carpeting. But that's no longer what it is. That's what it was originally. Now it's this sort of this screaming yellow. I don't see, Does do they give a name for this yellow? Uh, yeah, DuPont Lemon Mist over Cosmetic Dust Paint. God, I love it. So anyway, we've got uh, more to come. I've got some other auction prices that I found from Goodlings when we come back. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio. We'll be right back.
Todd Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged, but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hello, Todd. We've been talking about bring a trailer and the auctions that are going on and uh, the auction prices on the cars that we picked from the week before. But I thought I would just go over some of the nosebleed ones that are coming out, coming out from uh, uh, Goodlings. Goodlings uh, has these, they're very expensive uh, auction house, basically. They, they, they've cherry-picked the prime prime. Now, they've postponed this particular sale for five months because they had one, you know, they thought maybe they'd be able, because it used to be an in-person auction, you know, you could, it was always live stream, but they just held it, you know, live streaming this time. And it's called, let's see, it was um, held at London's picturesque Hampton Court Palace uh, near the River Thames. And in conjunction with the Conquest Elegance Goodlings and Company's Passion of a Lifetime. God, you can you get sick over that. Um, uh, so this is self, one of, they only sold 15 cars and they hauled in $45.3 million. So, wow. That's quite a haul. <laughs> I just picked a few to go over. Now, uh, if you remember, about cut to, uh, two or three months ago, one of my picks on Bring a Trailer was a lime green Lamborghini Muria that sold for $990,000. Loved it. It was Gorgeous. Okay, now they sold at this sale was a 1971 Lamborghini Miura P400 SV, and let me read you what they say about it. Any Miura is special, and the P400 SV is both the most powerful and most valuable regular production version. Uh, this one has the added distinction of special color. Uh, special order equipment, and that's a big deal to people who collect cars like this. Uh, bought new by a French industrialist, it uh, it got dry sump lubrication and a ZF limited slip differential at the factory, neither of which came as standard equipment. One of just 150 SV Murias built, it has since been restored to its original Oro um, metallic, which is metallic gold color. And, God, this car was gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, this Miria is remarkable and nearly one of a kind, but its price surprised everyone watching. The final number smashed both the car's pre-sale estimates and the previous record price for a Miria, another SV that sold for $2.54 million back in 2017. This one sold for $4.270 million. Woo! <laughs> it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's gorgeous, but I guess it goes in somebody's collection, and money's no object to I guess people at this level. Okay, now Must we move nice. on to some of the other um, more pricey cars. This one is a 1928 Bugatti Type 35C. Technically, this was the least expensive of the three phenomenal Bugattis in the sale, but it nevertheless. Uh, but it, it is nevertheless the most expensive Type 35 ever sold at auction. The Type 35 hardly needs any introduction. It says here, well, I need someone for me. It is one of the most successful street, uh, racing, most successful racing cars ever designed, dominating motorsports for much of the 1920s. This car is a 35C, distinguished by the Roots-type supercharger fitted to the Bugatti two-liter straight-eight engine. That's a small eight-cylinder engine. It was the Bugatti Works 
uh, entry at the 1928 Targa uh, Florio, an event uh, that Type 35s won five straight years from 1925 to 1929. This car went on to to compete in circuits and hill climb events and in 1932 received a red paint job that it wears today. Uh, like the Type 59 in this sale, the type the car wears just uh, just the right amount of patina, although it received a sympathetic mechanical restoration uh, to keep it uh, usable. I guess that's a nice word for it. Uh, the previous record for a Type 35 was a three-owner 1925 car that sold for $3.3 million in Scottsdale in 2017. This sold for $5.23 million. Prices that's are going up. $5.23 million. I, I can't imagine. Uh-huh. I just can't. Sorry. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> a 1937 Bugatti Type 57 Alante. Uh, uh, Atalante. Now, this one is was wild because it's got this Art Deco styling to it that is out of this world. Um, all of the Bugattis in the sale were exceptional examples. All were record breakers. Unlike the others two, this Type 57S isn't a race car and hasn't been fully restored, but it, but it was still one of the highlights of the sale and the second most expensive car of the whole auction. It is one of just 17 Type 57Ss fitted with the glorious uh, Jean Bugatti-designed Atalante bodywork and, is sold, and it was sold new to Earl Howe, a pivotal figure in the British racing scene who uh, co-founded the British Racing Car Drivers Club um, and won Le Mans in 1931 and served as the president of the Bugatti Owners Club. Uh, its next owner was fitted fitted the 3.3 liter straight eight engine with a supercharger and the car eventually found its way to an English doctor named Harold Carr. Uh, the doctor parked it in his garage in Newcastle in the early 60s and the car stayed there until it was discovered in 2007. Uh, if this story is starting to sound familiar, it's because this car was sold in Paris back in 2009 for $4.4 million. It has since been restored, though it retains its original uh, chassis, body engine, and period supercharger and now holds the distinction of being the most expensive Type 57 ever sold. It was sold for $10.45 million. That poor doctor probably has no idea what he had his hands on. Not a clue. And then we move on to the 1924 Bugatti Type 57 Sports. Okay, uh, this nineteen, this eighty-six-year-old race car, described as by Goodlings as one of the most significant and original competition Bugattis extant, is the most expensive Bugatti ever sold at auction. It started uh, as a as a works Grand Prix car driven by Rene Dreyfus uh, to third place in Monaco and to victory at the Belgian Grand Prix. Uh, it got a second lease on life with the revised chassis, body, and a running gear for a successful season of sports car racing in 1937. It had just over five owners from new uh, and one who, uh, who was King Leopold III of Belgium. In addition to all the racing provenance, this car is, was fit for a king, literally. Fascinating car with a special bodywork, Bugatti's signature piano wire uh, wheels, uh, tons of uh, positive camber, and a great history. It also retains the perfect amount out of patina. The patina celebrates the car's history, which is arguably better than hiding the heritage behind a shimmering restoration. The star of an already star-studded auction, it will likely be the most expensive auction car of 2020. It was sold for $12.68 million. Wow. Yeah. You got all that in today. That's a lot. Yeah, quite a bit of stuff, but I thought people would be interested just to you know, what the other half uh, you know, can do with their money. Sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. We'll, well see next you next week, week. Next week, we'll have more news and more BAT picks and other types of things. It's been a joy talking to you this week, John. I've had a good time. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. This is Todd Bianco, all revved up on iHub Radio.